the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Listen, when I heard that music, people, I had to sit down and pay attention. I loved Mythbusters. I mean, I couldn't believe when I'd talk to people and they'd say, what's that? They, what do you mean? How are you not watching this show? So happy to have Adam Savage with us today. Adam is a maker, a designer, a television host, a producer, a husband, and a father. He was the co-host of all 278 glorious hours of Mythbusters on the Discovery Channel for 14 years and host of its 2019 spinoff, Mythbusters Junior, as well as several other TV shows. He also makes stuff and tells his stories on his website, which is tested.com. So happy to welcome in Adam Savage. Adam, so glad you're here. What a delightful welcome. That was that was wonderful to listen to. Listen, I'm a geek fan. Now, let me tell you that <laughs> I watched this show when my kids were little. Uh, I would say early elementary school. And then we watched it over the years as they got into junior high. And it was my, and I mean this sincerely, it was my husband and my favorite thing to watch with the kids. Because you know when you're, you have kids of your own. So you know when kids are little, they're just naturally creative. They just make stuff, right? Yep. My oldest daughter, totally. my oldest daughter had two imaginary friends. She's going to love that I talk about this on the radio. She had two imaginary <laughs> friends. Her The first one was called Tuna Batu, and the second one was called Helen Camaria. Okay, we're not sure why one had one name and one had two names, but whatever, right? So they're just naturally creative. But there's this weird space that you get into when they're like in fifth grade or sixth grade. They start to notice everybody around them and they start to get afraid. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to get weird. And then all of a sudden, it's like the creativity gets completely smashed because they're afraid of what everyone else is going to say about them. Totally. Yeah, exactly right. My experience is, is, is precisely the same. Yeah. So what is it like? How do you um, how do you encourage? Cre- and it doesn't just happen with kids. I mean, it can happen with adults, depending on your work environment or who your family is or whatever. What do you do when the creativity you're longing to at least attempt, you just feel like gets tamped down all around you? That's just such a wonderful question. And one of the when I was hosting Mythbusters, one of the questions I would get a lot and this is germane to this answer, was how do we get little girls interested in science? And a wonderful female scientist gave me the answer, which was just get the hell out of their way. Right, yes. And you know this with kids. is If you get out of their way and let them explore the things that they're interested in, they're going to understand and discover all sorts of amazing things about the world. And one of the 
difficulties is, just as you're saying, when you reach 12, 13 years old, your peers start to stand starkly in the way of the things that you're interested in. Because when you get interested in something, it makes you vulnerable. Your passions reveal things about yourself. And there are people who might act in bad faith to use that against you. And the same thing can happen with adults. And we end up growing up feeling like our weird hobbies aren't worth exploring because somehow they're they're less men. And so, like, my advice about that is get out of your own way. I, I wrote the book as partially of a permission slip to people to explore those strange, weird secret thrills that they feel might not be necessarily useful um, because there's a lot to discover there. Mm-hmm. There is so much to discover there. And, and talk about your story personally, though, because, you know, I only know you from Mythbusters, as do most people. And you write at the beginning of your book that your story is more of a path with many forks. So what did you think you were going to be when you started out? Uh, the very first thing I thought I wanted to do for a living by the time I was like, six or seven years old was I thought I wanted to design things for Lego. Oh, that would have been fun. Right? I just, that was my entire life was, was Lego. And then Star Wars came out when I was 10. And I, I, in reading magazines about Star Wars, like Cine Fantastique and Famous Monsters, I discovered that there were people who actually built that stuff. And I thought, oh, I want to do that for a living. And then I went through a bunch of different careers. I thought I wanted to be an actor for a while, and then I got into graphic design, and then I got into being an animator, and then I moved to San Francisco. And in every case, you know, the decisions at the end, I ended up working for Lucasfilm. I ended up working for George Lucas on the Star Wars prequels. And so that looks That's like so a fairly cool. linear path. That is so cool that you were but, able to do that. But uh, yeah, and it like it blew my mind. And yet, while it looks linear from the outside, from the inside, I was just making a series of decisions about how things were going that month. You know, doesn't it frustrate you when you see kids who are put into a box as far as what do you want to do? I remember when yes. one of my daughters was in seventh grade. It was like the first week of school, and they had an assembly, and they said, "Okay, so." What do you want to do? Because it, whatever you want to be when you grow up is going to determine what class you take next semester and next year. We want to make sure you're perfectly prepared by the time you graduate from high school so you can get into the right college and so you can. And I thought to myself, I don't know what I want to be. Why is my 13 year old kid going to know what they want to be? I just think it's a I think it's a bankrupt understanding of how our creativity and our lives develop. It totally is. I, I did an interview this morning with a radio host who showed me a list he made of all the greater New York area radio stations when he was 13 years old. So clearly, this is what he wanted his whole life. But for every person like that, countless other people have had seven or eight different careers before they got to where they, you know, when, where they are sitting next to you at your workplace. Uh, and I, I, I do think you're right. I think we do a disservice to kids by trying to box them in or telling them that they must choose. Adam Savage is with me, co-host of all 278 awesome hours of Mythbusters. <laughs> I can't say Mythbusters. It's very hard for yeah, me. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Dis- it is on the Discovery Channel for 14 years. And he's the author of the brand new book, which is terrific. And you need to get it immediately. Every tool's a hammer. Life is what you make it. All right, Adam. So you write that the things that we make can give us power and insight, but at the same time, they make us vulnerable and they can expose us. And I, I got to be honest, I read that and I thought that's the exact thing to me that is the scariest about doing radio is that I want to do it and I want to produce something that's valuable, but you put 
so it's so intensely personal while at the same time it's public and you know that you're risking hearing something truly awful coming back at you in the form of an email or a letter to my boss or you know whatever it is that is the greatest description to me of of what a life of pursuing something you want to be excellent at is all about um, you know, we gravitate towards the kinds of stories we want to share with our fellow members of our culture. Uh, and we seek to tell those stories to the best of our ability. And when you do that, you confront yourself. So you reveal yourself. And yeah, the, putting that stuff out there does make us vulnerable, but it also, it also lifts the entire, it is, it doesn't lift the culture. It is culture. You know, that is, Culture is simply all of the members of, of, of a group uh, expressing their experience through their, through their voices, through their bodies, through their hands, through their eyes, through their work. Adam, what do you say to somebody who says, well, you know, I don't paint or I'm not, you know, I don't write stories or I don't dance or play jazz. Um, I wish I was creative. <laughs> I hear that all the time. And I love pointing out that anything you do that requires all of your ingenuity is a creative enterprise. I've had people tell me, oh, I don't make, I code. And I love pointing out that coding is deeply making. That I consider making to be as broadly defined as anytime you reach out to make something from nothing. Uh, and it is Again, I submit that what we are doing when we make anything, whether it's an algorithm for mining data or it's a, it's a table, um, is we are telling stories to mm-hmm. each other. Right. We, are, we are doing what humans have always done. We are using tools and we are sharing stories. And what's better than a good story? Indeed. Oh. Indeed. I, you know, we're so narrow. Like, I've heard people say, we're addicted to narrative. I don't even think that we're addicted. I think we are narrative. Mm-hmm. I, think yes. that the, the, I think we invented language in order to be able to share stories. Yeah, and being able to tell a story in a physical form. Like, I've just never been able to build anything. And I think that's one of the things that I loved most most about Mythbusters. Well, plus the quote, I reject your reality and substitute my own, which has just become, it's just become, you know, family language um, around our house. But I just, I love that idea of being able to pursue something and just give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the other thing that I get a lot is people asking me how to get started, and I, I love just pointing out that merely starting is the most important part. It doesn't matter how, and it doesn't matter what materials you have around you. It's just getting started. And also, actually, really realizing that there are some things that some of us are built for that others aren't. Like, I have lots of great friends who are wonderful screenwriters, and while I love mm. talking to them about movies, I've learned that my brain just doesn't work in the way that theirs does. That I'm not built for writing screenplays, which is fine. That's just how my brain works. I'm built for building physical things. Adam Savage, he's the author of Every Tool's a Hammer, Life is What You Make It, a brand new book that you should definitely get. And the good news is that you can see Adam in person. He's coming to town Saturday, May 11th, 7 p.m. for the Pittsburgh Arts and Lecture Series, which we all know is terrific, at Carnegie Lecture Hall in Oakland. If you find us on our website, com, you can find a link to tickets. I certainly hope to be there um, because Adam Savage is just one of my favorite TV personalities of all time. Adam, you have encouraged me by what you wrote in your book. And so thank you. Oh, 
Thank you. I hope that um, showing your kids Mythbusters didn't cause them to set anything on fire that you cared about. Well, they've become very weird, and I think I blame you. <laughs> it's Adam I'll Savage. Take credit. Good. Every tool's a hammer. Life is what you make it. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.